Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. This is Barbecue Nation After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, and today we're talking with Jim Haas, Regional Sales Manager for Blaze Grills. Um, before we get back into talking about hardcore grill information and barbecuing, I want to find out some more about your music career, Jim. Um, sure. Are you were you a lead singer in a band? Were you a studio musician? Were you just jam sessions? Uh, what did you do? Well, first of all, I find it uh, very hilarious that you call it a music career. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, you know, a lifelong musician. I've always been, most bands I've been in, bass guitar is my main instrument. I play a little bit of a lot of things, master of nothing. Um, and most bands I've been in, I was a singer too. So, um, you know, I'd done some studio work back in the day, uh, you know, growing up in uh outside of Los Angeles. Um, I kind of caught the end of the whole sunset strip scene. So that was fun. You know, I had right. the hair and the eyeliner and the spandex and I fit right in with everybody else out there. There you go. And so it was a lot of fun. There'll never be another time like that. A lot of fun. Um, but what I do mostly nowadays, um, you know, I've been trying to get a band together. It's just, you know, we're not getting any younger and it's not easy. But uh, I've been doing a lot of the jam nights around town, which has been fun. Um, I've got a little home studio. I just finished a second album where I sing and play everything on it. And you can find that, you know, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you buy music. Sure. And that's just under my name, Jim Haas, and two albums. Since we're plugging away, I love this. There you go. Uh, living Out Loud and Hostile, spelled like the name with the H-A-A-S <laughs> style. So, And it's just... Uh, you know, blues based kind of, kind of classic rock sounding. I love cheap trick and, and Alice Cooper and kiss is where I came from. So, you know, it's just ham handed rock, nothing, nothing too fancy, um, but, uh, just fun stuff. You, uh, I, I don't want to bring up a sensitive issue here, but I'm, I'm guessing you don't from what I saw in our dinner a couple months ago, you don't yeah. quite have the hair anymore either. For the no, the hair has has just gone. I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I know what I don't happened. Know what I did to piss off my hair. Yeah, they they just get up and leave and go somewhere else. I I know that for it. a fact. Yeah, because I got a cul de you know, cul de sac on the back of my noggin now. So you know. Oh yeah. Well, I'm I'm telling you, there, there's an old Gallagher joke where he's talking about you know. I have mixed emotions about the gray hair. I don't want to look old, but then again, it was a hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so let's go back to barbecue. Yes. Um, how long does it take you? Because you're doing demos for them, you know, when you go to the retailer and you're doing videos and all that. How long does it take you to kind of develop something? And what's the process? Do you sit at home one night and maybe you're 
in your music studio fussing around and all of a sudden the light bulb comes on and you say, you know, if I cook that with that, that might be great. And it, yep. And it kind of starts from there. I mean, that's where it starts with me. And then what do you do after that? How long does it take you? It just depends on the event, the time frame I have, um, the guesstimation of how many people I'll be feeding. Uh, if I have the time, I always like to do ribeye sliders, uh, but that does take some time and it, it gets pretty pricey buying all the food for that. Sure. Um, if I'm, if I'm feeding a bunch of people and I still want to do sliders, I'll do uh, pork roll, preseason pork roll sliders. And, you know, it just cuts out a little bit of the ingredients, cuts down on the cost. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it just depends on, on, on the event. You know, there's always, you know, the sausage bites and the, or the hot dogs. Everybody does that. So I try to avoid that. I try to do something a little, a little fun and fancy. Um, but it's usually, yeah, I mean, there'll be things that just come to me sitting at home and I'll go, oh, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> I could do that in between, you know, the sliders. And it just, it really depends on the time frame I have. If, if I'm cooking all day, um, certainly I try to bring somebody with me to, you know, help me out and everything. And, and then we'll get a little more intricate. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that because to me that that tells me you're very much into what you're doing, and it's all good. You know what I mean? Uh, if you're yeah, if you're yeah. if you're putting that much time into R and D and not R and B, but R and D, and you're doing it with the the different foods, and plus it must have been a bit of a culture shock in a way to move from you know L A you know, grilled tofu with just a hint of uh, pumpkin seasoning or something to uh, down to Cajunville and getting into that food scene. Yeah. You know, I was, I kind of knew what I was getting into just cause I had spent so much time in New Orleans growing up. Anytime I could, I'd go out there and hang out. So uh, I, I was very much aware of what I was getting into, but uh, that's one thing that comes up every time I meet somebody new out here. Oh, it must've been culture shock. And I go, ah, you know, not really. I knew what I was getting into. And the funny thing is when they bitch about the traffic here in Baton Rouge and I go, let me remind you where I came from, <laughs> Los Angeles. This is not traffic out here. <laughs> well, doesn't Baton Rouge just have one main freeway going through it? Or it used to, when I used to stop in there, I do shows there once in a while. And yeah, it, well, they got a couple now. Yeah. Well, two is not like 20, like they have in LA, which all of them are <laughs> right. just, I don't know why they call it freeway. They should just call it, uh, semi-mobile parking in LA. Yeah. Well, they, they call them the interstate out here. They don't know freeway. I say freeway. I get the the funny look. Yeah. It's all interstate. Yeah. So how long did it take you to learn how to cook gator meat? Uh, not too long. I actually, I had a good teacher once again, chef Tony Matassa. Yeah. Tony's Um, great. And it's, you know, to do it right. Um, most restaurants, even out here are going to do it blackened or fried. And that's just the quick way to do it because blackened and fried hides all kinds of things. Right. But to do it right, you get the gator fillets and they're not huge. Um, but you soak them in buttermilk and water and squeeze a lemon in there let that soak overnight. And that kind of breaks everything down, tenderizes it. And then, uh, drain that out the next day. And then, um, just season it with, uh, out here we have Tony Sachery's Cajun seasoning, which right. people put on every damn thing. And it's good stuff, but whatever seasoning of your choice, let that sit on there for, you know, half a day or a day and then throw it on the grill and then, uh, watch the temperature. When you get to about that 160 mark, kind of treat it like poultry 
160, 165, pull it off and let it rest. Um, Because if it's overdone, it'll get pretty tough and chewy pretty quick. So that's the biggest trick is just pulling it off before it gets overdone. First time. Um, But that's the best way to do it, grilled with that seasoning and you can't go wrong. Yeah, first time I had, like you were saying, first time I had uh, gator, it actually was in Oklahoma years and years and years ago. And it was deep fried. Um, yep. So it got a little chewy in there, you know? Yeah. And it was definitely the, well, I'm sure those guys at that restaurant, it was a fine restaurant, you know, not fine yeah. as in Michelin five stars, but it was okay. You know, Yeah. there was no vermin running around on the floor or anything. But my point is, <laughs> is that uh, it, I don't think they changed their oil. So it just, you know, Little tip here, yeah. folks. If you're if you're gonna open a food truck or a restaurant like that, and most of you already know this, or even if you're doing it at home, uh, don't leave the same oil in your deep fryer for very long, because then pretty soon everything acquires a certain taste to it, and it doesn't matter what the protein is or the vegetable; it's all going to taste the same. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was that was kind of a real eye opener yeah. for me. Yeah, and I've I've never been a big fan of fried, which is it's kind of sacrilege to say down here. But uh, you know, I like grilling it. I think you could just every fried to me, everything tastes the same anyway. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, pretty much. <clears throat> someday yeah. when we have dinner here in a couple of months or something, I'll tell you my story about me doing um, one of the food challenge shows for one of the big networks. I only did it once. I won't do it again unless I'm a <laughs> judge or something. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you all about my deep fry experience. That was, oh boy, I think I'd rather be drugged by a tractor. How about mud bugs? Do you like mud bugs down there? Love them, love them, love them, love them. And when they're in season and there's, and there's nothing better. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll get people visit from you know, California. Usually it's of course where I'm from and they go, Oh, I've had crawfish. I don't like it. So well, where have you had crawfish? Oh, in California. I said, well, then you have not had crawfish. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's nothing better. And, yeah. you know, there's a, the technique to eating them. So you get you get all the meat out of it that you can. And, and yeah, we'll just sit there all day and be eating the mud bugs for sure. That's a it's the highlight of those, particularly those four months where they're really in season, four or five months. And, uh, man, you can hear people in any given neighborhood, peak season on a nice weekend, you, you know, you hear that that boiler start going. You hear that burner going. It's like, okay, where's that coming from? You got to go find that house. It's a nice thing here too. In LA, you go to somebody's house knocking on the door, they're probably going to shoot you. Out yeah. here, they say, oh, come on in and have some food, you know? Doors unlocked. Come on in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You won't find that in um, Orange County anymore, you know, no. or, or LA County, any of those places, unfortunately. When I lived down there a million years ago, uh, it was just, transitioning because i lived on the east side so there was some not good stuff going on over there but the the disenchantment with la was just starting you might say because people were having to lock their doors and that anyway Mm -hmm. that's a different subject but but all that what's the strangest thing you've ever cooked hmm i don't know that i've really done anything strange i guess it would just be the gator fillets if you ask someone that's not familiar with gator i guess that would be the strangest thing well you're so close to the right. gulf there that you have all different kinds of seafood and fish and and oh, yeah. and, and stuff like that shellfish and that do you, 
what about like oysters or, uh, you know, oysters are big down in New Orleans. Oh yes, we did. Uh, we tried to have an oyster night, and it was it was kind of a disaster uh, because we got you know we actually tried to shuck the oysters ourselves. That is a that's a talent right there that I'm not good at. Maybe I would get good at it if I tried it again, but it was just a mess. And we had a friend of ours that brought over a whole sack of oysters, and I don't remember how many pounds, but it was. I think we got through maybe ten of them, and we're like, all right, this ain't working. Everything yeah. went in the trash. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's, it's a science and a technique that I I'm not well versed in. I will admit. <laughs> well, we have a lot of oysters up here, as you know. And I'll a little a little pro tip here, folks: if you're going to buy oysters still in the shell, and you you buy an oyster knife, which is kind of round on the tip, that can still go into the your flesh. Oh yes, <laughs> and I I learned that the hard way, right into the palm of my hand one time years ago. Oh. So when we do oysters, we do the same thing. Uh, we buy them, you know, shucked and all that. Um, and you can always get oyster shells. They'll somebody will sell you oyster shells. So if you want to cook them mm-hmm. on the half shell, you can get. Yep. The, they're not the original shell for that little bugger you're going to eat, but it's a lot easier. I found over the years. Oh yes. It, it does. Really- I, I don't see myself shucking again anytime soon. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, what does your wife think of all this? Your your adventures now in the barbecue world and all of that. She uh, she loves it. Um, you know, she works at Blaze also. She's still here, and um, she's uh, actually an account manager. So one of her accounts is my distributor. So we kind of have that good teamwork going on. Oh, there you go. Um, she, uh, I feel bad for her. She she does the real work. Yeah, I mean, she's always, <laughs> I get to go out and travel around and do cooking demos and meet people and, hey, how you doing? And let me take you to dinner and buy Blaze and everything else. And, and she gets to sit at home and schedule trucks, <laughs> schedule <laughs> truck deliveries. And <laughs> well, you know, every, everybody's got a place in the, this life. So. Yeah. So like that. But she likes it. You know, it is it is a good crew. I will say that it's you know of all the places I've ever worked, I've never hung out with the people I work with, and yeah. this is one of those places. You know, here lately, a lot of us have been working from home, so it's a little different in that respect. But um, man, I tell you what, it's a, it's a good bunch of people. So Jim, how did COVID affect the Blaze Barbecue business? We we joked about it a little bit in the regular show at the end, and. I said there yeah. was a bunch of uh, merchant ships and freighters sitting out in, in ports and in bays and stuff waiting to be unloaded. I saw a picture mm-hmm. yesterday, I think it was, of all these um, all these uh, oil tankers sitting in the river. I think they were going to Oklahoma or something to one of the refineries. And, yeah. I mean, there was, there was like a hundred of them because they couldn't get them through fast enough. How, how, is, the, yeah. how is the logistics affected? Um, it's the barbecue it's world. Better. Yeah. It's getting better. So we had, when it first all started this whole COVID thing, I think like anybody dealing with anything with the home, especially with the fun stuff, you know, grills, hot tubs, whatever. Right. I think everybody was worried at first and then realized nobody's going anywhere. No one's spending money on vacation. So they're spending it on the home. And so we had the big, the big uptick in sales. And I think that was across the board with a lot of things dealing with the house. Um, and the way it's affected uh, inventory now, it's definitely getting better. Um, 
we, we've got a couple of different factories we work with. One of them is in California. So that stuff, no problem. It's made there. Okay. But we do have some stuff that comes from overseas. Um, and, and at one time, it was only coming through the port of Los Angeles. And then it was coming all the way to us in Baton Rouge. And then we'd send it a lot of times right back to L.A., you know. So we've, we're starting to utilize more ports. We're now using the port of New Orleans for things that are closer to us and east of the Mississippi. Um, we're working with um, some different warehousing now on the West Coast and the East Coast, so things can go directly to them instead of everything coming to us in Baton Rouge and then going back out. Sure. So logistically, um, it's still somewhat of a new process, so there's still some bugs and everything, but um, we're, we're making a dent in the back orders. We're, we're getting things out there. People are happy, and uh, it's working out. It's just it's getting a little better every week. There's two industries that I know, and I'm, I know there's a lot more, but two that I'm very familiar with. One is barbecue, of course, and the other is golf. And COVID, the nasty bugger that it is, actually helped in a way both of those industries. That, yeah, that, absolutely. You know, people started playing golf again, and people were like, well, I'm home. And I don't have to worry, you know, I can start cooking dinner at 4.30 if that's your deal versus when I get home at 6.30, you know, and eat like a normal person like that. And I know it's been difficult. Now, the big box stores, they always had a bunch of grills, but they're, you know, they're three, $400 units and they're fine for what you pay for them, but they're not going to yeah, last yeah. any long, very long, you know. No. But when you get into the high quality stuff, a lot of people I think have stepped up over the last 18 months because their, Absolutely. their skills have gotten better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I, Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. We saw a lot of that. Um, just people just plain and simple. They're at home and they need to entertain themselves at home now. So we've seen that happen. Yeah. You get a new grill, get a new putter. You're all, you're good to go. You know, that type of thing like that. Um, Jim, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. We've been talking with, if you didn't catch it the first six times, Jim Haas, who's the regional sales manager up in my neck of the woods for Blaze Grills. And there are 1,200 dealers or so uh, across the states. And so, um, and you're getting caught up on your orders. So all's good in the world of Jim. It's, it's getting there. You know, every day is a little better than the last, at least right now. There you go. Uh, Jim Haas, thanks, buddy, for being with us. Folks, we'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours. Um, enjoy your week. Take care, everybody.